Material for the Brain Conversations for Thinking Bodies Hello and welcome to the second season of Material for the Brain podcast to episode 22. So I'm happy to come back after this extended summer break. It's been three months since I've released the latest episode. I took some time to reflect about the podcast project and I've decided to come back to it with new ideas, new aspiration, new goals, new directions. For today's episode, I've invited David Morduch, who is a body-mind therapist, a podcast host, and a facilitator of Men's Circle. He's coming from the world of body psychotherapy and Thai massage, and is dancing and practicing contact improvisation. I met David many years ago in one of my seminars, and in the last years, I started to follow his podcast, and I was very impressed and inspired by the conversation that he was facilitating on the podcast. And I wanted to invite him in order to dive into the topic of men's circles and to be able to hear and learn from him about his experiences in facilitating such interesting processes. This episode really touched me on a personal level, especially when we came to talk about my son and my experiences of being a father. And I hope you will find it also inspiring and it will also touch you and be relevant in your lives. And as usual, I'm very happy to hear your thoughts, your ideas that are coming from listening to the episode and to keep the conversation open between ourselves. Enjoy. Hello, David. How are you, my friend? Hello. I'm good. Good to see you. Welcome to my podcast. I'm very exciting, excited to host you to here tonight. Yes, I'm also excited. Thank you for inviting me. Sure. Uh, yeah, we've met uh, recently in Israel. I was actually a guest on your podcast in your lovely apartment. Yes. And uh, yeah, how are you? What, what, is, what is up with you now? I mean, it hasn't been so long, but still I'm curious, like, what are you doing nowadays? I'm good. It's actually, um, you know, it's, it's after the holidays here. In Israel, we have the a month of holidays, um, which all work and uh, all uh, daily routine is uh, getting confused. So now we are after this. All uh, children are going back to school. Not that I have, but uh, um, everything is kind of going back to normal. Um, and uh, it's also the time in the year that I'm opening up uh, circles. So I'm open, uh, opening up uh, a men group. Uh, I have uh, an annual men group that I open once a year. So now is the time that it's uh, gathering. Um, after the after the whole uh, Jewish New Year and all this uh, yes. of festivities. Okay. Yes. Mm. Cool. And uh, yeah, we will definitely dive into into that. And also, how is it going with your podcast? I mean, uh, uh, b- beside the, I mean, I've, of course, I've experienced it uh, firsthand as being a guest, but how is it going now with the new season? Um, it's going more slowly. I am uh, 
I think when I started the podcast, I was very excited and very much, uh, you know, into it. And uh, it's been almost a year of uh, every week an episode. Um, and uh, I think I, I grew a bit in it. And uh, now it's my, uh, I, I got into the next stage of the podcasting. Like, you know, when you, when you do something and uh, it's so new, you just want to do it no matter what. But when you're starting to, to really understand something in your, in your doing, it's becoming more, com- more uh, complex. So I start to ask questions, you know, like, uh, what am I doing? What am I doing? How, what, is the, what is the goals? What are the goals I want to reach? And how do I do it? How much energy am I willing to put into it? Um, yeah complicated questions <laughs> yeah suddenly yeah. I, I have an audience you know that I'm a, a bit more familiar with it with him I get responses I have uh, a responsibility maybe I don't know <laughs> mm. yeah you know I don't know if I if I told you but I mean you're you're kind of you're my I mean of course podcasting is like something that kind of boomed in the last I don't know a few years or something but your podcast specifically was my inspiration to open my podcast and uh, yeah and I remember like I was very inspired by the way you were doing it that for me was something not about not about you that was the main thing that I really was inspired about your podcast and um, yeah for for the people who have you who are listening to this episode so maybe you can tell a little bit about what what is your podcast about because i find it extremely special thank you wow it's really first of all it's like the biggest compliment ever you know that someone is uh, so inspired from what you do that he goes and do it itself and i can say also that i love your podcast so um to, to think that it's like uh something that came out of out of my doing is really uh, exciting exciting to hear um yeah i I can tell about my podcast but you know it's a bit tricky because uh, i guess everyone that's gonna listen to this podcast could not listen to my podcast because it's in hebrew yeah uh, maybe i guess maybe five percent of the audience (laughs) might be able to listen but i can tell i can tell let's let them envy let them envy Mm. um so my podcast called, how do I translate? Yeah, it's a very, yeah, I was thinking about it. It's like the direct, the direct translation is like a free class, but it has a dual meaning in Hebrew. No? Yeah. Because it's the, in Hebrew, it translates to the time off when you have a, when you have a free class from Yeah, it's, from it's like school, no? It's like the time at school that, uh, you know, you sit after, after the break, you sit in the class and uh, you know the teacher is going to come in and you wait and there's a, it's, he's late, but you say, okay, probably late, but you, you, you start a bit to hope, you know, that maybe he is not coming, but you don't, you don't want to put your hopes up and you, he's, I don't know, 10 minutes late and then someone is coming and they tell you the teacher is not coming and you have a free class. <laughs> so this is, uh, that's the name of my podcast. Um, and it's really about learning 
and about the freedom to learn. I, th- I, I felt that in my beginning of education, I had a lot of uh, compulsory study. Uh, is it the right way to say it? Like I, it was... Uh, yeah, we, 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 nobody, like children are kind of forced into education yeah. to some degree. Def- definitely. So um, in, in the house I lived in, education was like the top priority. Uh, my parents always like, it's, it's like my job was to get good grades. Um, so I was forced into studying and uh, I really didn't like it. I hated it. I hated uh, doing my homework. I hated uh, going to tests. I still hate when someone tests me. It's, it's shit. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't allow no one to test me. <laughs> still. <laughs> Um, but after uh, I got gotten bigger and uh, more freer to move around the world as I wish, I discovered that I can study whatever I want. That uh, school can be fun. That uh, that's it's really magic. The ability to learn. You know, I, I discovered that I can learn whatever I want that I can practice whatever I want, that I can achieve so much uh, uh, abilities in my life. You know, I can see you do jiu-jitsu. I can, I can achieve ability to do jiu-jitsu. I can see someone, I don't know, um, playing snooker or uh, doing a complicated math um, algorithm. I can learn to do it. So it, it was like a revelation to me. That mm. The ability to, to study something from, from freedom, from a want, from a will. Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a, a big one. You know, like uh, we are sending our kids to, I mean, not my daughter, because my, my son is still not in school, but to, a, to kind of a, it's called like a free school where they are trying alternative methods, how to, make the children have first impression on education is something which is fun. So they don't have tests. That's one thing. Nice. And, and they are also have alternative method of how to be in a classroom. Because that's one of the things that I think it's very challenging, you know, like this, this sitting the whole day. And that's something that, for example, when I think about your podcast, what, and maybe generally about podcasts, but specifically about yours, because yours is very, connected to education is that I can just put my headphone, do whatever I want and dive into a certain class of something that might be of value for me. And, and it really kind of flow effortlessly versus this kind of struggle with studying mm-hmm. that we experience as kids. Actually, my transition now to the second season comes from an understanding that the first season was really nice and really, you know, Flow, 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 um, flowing, um, but I didn't feel like I really created a class in in each episode. It was more like a, a host show, a talk show. Hmm. So, in from my uh, vision to create a class, I decided I want to make like a 
take a, take a subject and bring a few teachers to talk about it and make like a, a sequence of episodes on one subject and that that's that is more challenging but it's much more uh, I, I learn much more from it hmm. and and what makes you that's an interesting question like what what makes you because uh, what makes you choose a subject or choose a guest because uh, I remember when I was following the first season there was people from various backgrounds very different like teachers from really different disciplines like what Are you just following your curiosity or is it things that are really touches like things that touches you personally or like what guides you um so first of all I want to say that uh, I'm having a, a great time it's really fun that someone is asking me questions and on a topic <laughs> that uh, I love so much so it's uh, <laughs> it's nice I mean I'm not used to it um but uh, so podcasting th- there is something that is um, a real bummer and also uh, bring you a, a big freedom that you don't you're not paid for it no one is paying me for this work so I can do whatever I want and it's uh, very clear to me that I'm doing this for myself uh, first of all and later for my listeners So the podcast for me is like an excuse or a superpower that uh, makes people that I want to talk to come and talk to me free of charge. Hmm. Like people that usually, you know, I, I, uh, um, a main subject in my podcast is uh, therapy. So I talk to a lot of uh, therapists, psychotherapists, body therapists, People that if you want to come and talk to them for an hour, it, it pays, you know, like a lot. You have to pay me. Yeah. I have to pay them, like uh, a, lo- a lot. So, and now I, you know, I, I call them, I tell them, hey, I have a podcast. Do you want to come and sit with me for an hour, an hour and a half? And they say, sure, of course. What an honor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a... So it's a privilege. So to your question, okay. I, 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 totally choose only subjects that I'm interested in um, specifically subjects that I'm interested right now and even st- stuff that uh, I'm challenged with in my life at the moment uh, you know I I believe that um, the best curiosity is something that you live something that is present in your life like if you want To study how to be a good parent and you don't have children um, I think it will be much more challenging um, or you, you you will not have the the energy for it you will don't have the the will to do it hmm. interesting you know like I'm, when I'm thinking about the subject of learning something that comes in my mind is is the no is the notion of coincidence that Because in this universe of podcasting, which I can really resonate with what you're saying about the following your curiosity and 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 in a way curate your learning experience so that so you're really choosing what's coming when. But when I think about my life and like like a lot of the things that I've learned really happen due to coincidence. Coincidence? I don't know how is it with... Hmm? What do you mean by coincidence? 
צירוף מקרים. Yeah, yeah, but that, like that, give an example of coincidence. You know, like, I, I mean, I, I ended up becoming a dancer and mainly, I mean, because some friend of mine recommended me to go and try a contact improvisation jam. Mm. I never heard about it and it's never occurred to me that I would want to study dance. Yeah. And I just went there and, you know, kind of it opened a certain door that if I would have chosen not to listen to this person, maybe I would do something completely different. And, and in a way, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like kind of a meta learning, you know, like you can choose what you want to learn, but there is a certain meta learning by the coincidence that happens to you about, you know, like, because in a way, I don't know, do you feel like that life is, is a learning process when you think about your life? Is it something that you resonate with? Like, yeah, life is about learning. Definitely. Definitely. Life for me is mostly about me learning myself. Um, that's the, the most interesting <laughs> uh, subject in my school. Um, but also, yeah, definitely. Everything is learning. And, and what do you mean by uh, learning yourself? Um, learning the, the way I interact in the world. learning the, the way people perceive me, learning all the complex uh, voices in my head and how to interact with them, um, learning my powers and my abilities, my gifts to the world, um, learning my, uh, my main issues, Um, and the the subject that challenged me the most you know the the where my most learning occurs is where I am most challenged hmm. um, yes is, is there a teacher for that I'm you know like because normally <laughs> you know normally when when there is a learning there is a there is a student there is a, and there is a teacher but if life is learning And we are we are studying is there teachers for that you think or um, I think there are uh, facilitators for learning really good ones um, but uh, the biggest teacher is life itself uh, I mean you know we we can talk to each other right now and we can learn a lot from each other. Uh, experiences and someone can listen to this conversation and also learn a lot but the biggest learning is is experience um, you know if if a challenge for me is um, believing in myself believing that I have something to give in the world I will I will have the biggest learning when I will give something to someone and see that it have value Um, and we'll actually can, can see it, you know, when I can experience it. Um, and the, yeah. the stuff that I will find uh, energy in myself to, to, to do the most learning are the stuff that is more important to me. Yeah, I can really resonate it from the perspective of uh, body practitioners that like, like certain things I think that you can, you, There are, there, you can study on a theoretical level and it can serve you. 
I don't know, like, I don't know, I'm just thinking like math, you know, like you, you, you study it abstractly and you use it abstractly and it serves you. But certain things, I think, yeah, as you said, like without their direct experience, it's really like an empty container. And it's definitely like that in my field of practice, the body that you really have to, yeah, you have to experience firsthand in order to embody the understanding, the theoretical understanding. Um, David, you know, like by inviting you in a way, because this is also the first episode that I'm recording for my second season after I took a the extended summer break, <laughs> let's say it like that. Okay. Uh, and what I wanted to introduce is to bring people who are not primarily working with movement or with the body as their main tool, because that was kind of how I curated the first season. Mm-hmm. But our connection is is through that because we met in in a seminar of mine and 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 I know that it's also something that is part of your life. Um, but what was what was what brought me the, the the main curiosity inviting you here is the is what you started sharing in the beginning the the topic of a men's work or men's circles that you have been facilitating, if, as you told me, in the last five years? Uh, three years. Three years. Three years. Uh, now starts the fourth year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's something that has been around me recently from different friends and from different people I know, this term, men's work or men's circles. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe, you, maybe we can start with just, if you can, share your perspective about this phenomena or activity or what is it what is men's work <laughs> okay um first i want uh, to to correct you on something that uh, i we um i do a lot of stuff but i would say that my main thing is body body work um uh, that i do uh, body psychotherapy and thai massage like my most hours of practice and work are working with the body working with mm. the structure with the muscles with the bones um but yeah i would love to talk about uh, men's work um yeah m- maybe yeah maybe what what i meant is like the in the first season i invited people who are there who are mm. practicing movement as a as a research tool for you know for um martial artists performers and Maybe you're the first person that I'm inviting who is approaching the body from a therapeutic mm, okay. point of view. And in a way, I, I, I can imagine that the topic that I want to talk to you about is an extension for that in yes, some degree. No? To some definitely. Degree. Um, yeah, thank you for the correction. So, so what is your ask? Yeah, like what, what is it? What is, what is men work? I mean, it's like something that I, I started to hear more and more. Okay. And I wonder like if you could start with some explanation of like what is it? Okay, so I can explain what, what I am doing. Um, so um, that I never called it men's work, maybe because I'm not talking in English in my daily life. Um, mo- mo- maybe more good translation will be men circles or men groups. Mm-hmm. Um that uh, what we do practically is we we have a group of men uh, 
usually 14, 14 men that we meet once a week for three hours and we sit in a circle and we talk uh, and we share our experiences and our feelings and our lives and our challenges. Uh, we talk and we listen to each other. Um, we learn from each other experiences. So it's actually a kind of group therapy, but uh, for men. Um, so I, I'm asking myself wh- which way to go here because also, you know, you can go to group therapy and why is that such a big deal? And uh, you can go to why, why men? Why only men? Um, give me direction. Maybe start with the with like why to do a therapy in a group and then we can understand maybe the differentiation in a men's only space. Okay. So we we want in the in in the work to facilitate learning of uh, oneself and uh, the relationship that he creates in his life. Um that's the main issue I feel that people come with um, for healing and for de- development. Uh, relationships, my, close, my, cl- my closest relationships, challenge that I meet there, sometimes uh, my relationship according to myself and my, uh, my doing in the world. Um, and when you do ordinary therapy, like one-on-one uh, psychotherapy, you have one person that is there that listens to you and you bring all the material and uh, he can maybe show you um, some aspects of it that you couldn't see or ask questions that help you figure out um, dark places that you can enlight um, and you can do amazing work there. But you will remain most of the time in the session uh, in a receiving mode. Yeah? So group therapy is, or even group, group session, is a place that you most of the time will be in a listener mode because uh, there are a lot more people and you will start hearing other people's experiences you will learn much from it because usually in our daily life, we don't share our most intimate and challenging experiences in our uh, Western world. Um, And when you will share your experiences, your challenges, you will have uh, 13, 14, 15 uh, listeners that will uh, be there hearing you and uh, it's, it's, it gives you like a, a big exposure in the world and uh, a big echo and you will slowly could uh, see how it's not so terrible, the stuff that you thought that was so terrible and uh, um, yeah, much more. I, there is a big power of a group that comes in an intention of acceptance and uh, understanding each other and uh, going for a process together. Um, 
is is the visibility that you're mentioning like the fact that I'm, that I'm being seen by others do you think that it has a major role in let's say the healing slash uh yeah the healing process because when when I think about it with my kids many of the issues that are coming just by the fact that we have space to verbalize them or to kind of to make them visible it's already like half of the work is done yes definitely I mean um lots of the stuff that we are most ashamed of ashamed we don't talk even with ourselves you know and suddenly I can hear another man in the group talks about it and he he don't have a problem talking about it and uh, I can see that uh, no one is getting scared of it you know it could be um you Uh, challenges in sexuality it could be um, trauma f- uh, from the military service it could be um, thoughts of hurting myself because I'm so down um, and you you can like stuff that you wouldn't even dare imagining yourself talking with anyone suddenly you see someone in doing um, and and you get the 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 power the the inspiration to do it yourself and you also share with the circle and suddenly something that you have been all your life alone with suddenly you have a circle of men of support that holds it with you and is not judging you or uh, or even you know have experience of it of his own um, and and why and why why did you take the decision to create or, or or what is behind the decision to make an ex an exclusive space which is only for men my decision decision is coming from my own experience that I am um, being a participant in a in a group of men and it's it was a life-changing for me um I think the process that it um, allowed me to do was a process of feeling more and more comfortable and uh, sure of myself and sp- specifically in my manhood um, you know I, I don't know it if it's exactly like this uh, in the rest of the world but in Israel to be a man is like a thing. Um, maybe you can you can tell me about is is it the, the same in the in, in vina the the men thing maybe first uh because you know first I, i haven't been living in israel for some years so i'm not of course i i know what you mean but i would be happy to hear in your words what what do you mean when you say yeah, that in israel to be a man is something or like what what is it for you Um, you, I don't know a man need to be a s- strong a man need to be uh, resilient he needs to be um, ready to protect his family from the enemies that are waiting outside the door <laughs> uh, in, you know it's funny but most men are going to war here um, at some point in their life 
Uh, I, I grew up in the knowledge that I will participate in a war. Um, and one of the most freeing things, decisions I've made is the decision that no, I'm not going to be part of the next war. Um, but, you know, I, I have been trained in killing. Um, I know how to shoot a rifle. I know how to move with my soldier mates in a war. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Um, so I, I feel like to, to be a man here is, uh, is it's have something to do with it. You know, my father, he was, um, he was uh, a soldier at two wars. Hmm. Um, and he carries it with him till this day. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting because when I thinking when I think about it in the context of uh, Austria, so yeah, maybe maybe there is maybe there is a certain first. I think that the spectrum does reach to the same point also of what you're describing. In Israel, you know, so so this there the, the are those expression of manhood here as well, and and I would say that it it goes into a more maybe I don't know maybe it's the same I don't know I I wanted to say that maybe there is a bit of a wider spectrum of possibilities of but I don't I actually I don't know yeah because I think that also in Israel like you know like no there is a wide spectrum you know I, I live in Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is the capital of uh, gay parties and uh, all kinds of uh, gender fluidity. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if it's, if it's very different, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. I, I, I read once a, a book by, I think the writer is called Robert Bly and the book is called Iron John. I think it was in that book and and he described us something like about that I think it was him maybe I'm mistaken but with the that I'm citing this author but he was talking about that manhood is something that you need to achieve every day so it's never you never reach a point that that your that your manhood is is not being tested yeah <laughs> that that you constantly need to reassure it on a social level. Manhood is something you need to achieve. You know? That's enough. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was a topic for you and you, and you said that you decided to initiate it also from the point of a facilitator. Yeah. Not only the, and, and what is, what is happening there? For, for your own process. As a facilitator? Yeah, like what, 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 what are you? Okay, so you describe it a little bit, but like, maybe you can share a bit more. Um, what, what's happening there? Yeah, for you as a facilitator, and and like, what of the processes that you've been witnessing? I'm, I'm just very curious to. First of all, um, there is a really exciting quality about the circle of men that's really quickly, um, how do you say, Litmaser? Uh, 
devoting themselves yeah De- devoting themselves uh, feeling comfortable with one another opening their hearts um may- maybe it got something to do with the fact that there is no women around um that allows us to feel less competitive um and less fight each other but uh There is something about a group of men that uh, um, become supportive really quickly and uh, become really tender and vulnerable really quickly. I, th- I think it's got something to do with how much we need and want it. Um, um, yeah, so the process that I mainly see Is the process of opening up and from a point that uh, it's really I you know I ask you how are you and you answer really briefly to a point that I ask you how are you and I need to stop you and tell you okay uh, the time is up <laughs> um, so that is really exciting to see um, and also how a group of strangers becomes a, a group of brothers and Um, and how how much how much the space can be um, secure and supportive for people that to bring their most uh, uh, vulnerable vulnerable aspects of their lives of their uh, uh, relationships and uh, history hmm. yeah and and I mean when when I think about about this subject I mean what comes in my mind is like I mean many things comes in my mind but one of them is is the topic of loneliness you know that like mm. like why why men tend to to isolate themselves in a way because I heard something interesting that one of the like one of the primary reason why men uh, life expectancy decreases is if they are alone so if, if men, you are, men specifically yeah Yes, men specifically so like if you're if you if you don't have a family and you you you're not you don't have a partner the 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 probability that you will live less uh increases and and i and i and i and i intuitively can say that being lonely is not something that is healthy definitely you know and, bit, what what does it mean to be lonely is a question i think uh, by itself But, yes uh, and, and if i think about it about myself and about processes that I went and I, so I think that there is something about the moment you're you're visible and you are transparent with whoever then you're not lonely to some degree mm-hmm. like it and when someone you, sees you yes and and I would say that especially as you said in the dark places because the bright places you know it's not so easy to go to a party and smile but like to to not to be lonely with the hardship it's something that that the uh, Yeah, I wonder you know why why is it more difficult for men I mean you know yeah what what do you think first of all um, there, there is a difference in how we are being brought up um, men are being brought up differently from women yeah I, I'm not saying uh, better or worse you know each side have its problems. Uh, and it's uh, virtues but uh, 
if we put it in in a few sentences men are being brought up um to be independent and with their vulnerability needs uh, reduced attacked and women are being brought up um for to be uh to 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 be more how do you say uh clute dependent yeah more dependent uh which uh, depend dependency is not something bad you know we are all dependent we are all dependent in our partners in our families in our society we cannot survive alone um but men are being brought up with attack on their dependency and to be and uh raised to be um independent i just learned the dependent and independent <laughs> uh and and women are brought up with the with the attack to be independent and uh up well I'm struggling here um and supposed to be dependent hmm. so that that's why you know there is a uh like a joke about men that uh, they will get lost for hours and will never ask directions hmm. um so so i can i can imagine how how does it does it, how this affects about men that are lonely because if they can't ask for help if they can't be dependent if no one sees them and they don't know to ask hey please see me hey please give me a hug or make me some food or whatever they will get more and more lonely yeah you know it's a it's interesting because in my own process i feel like you know i grew up very much in this loneliness i even remember that you know with my close friend in childhood we had a certain uh, non-verbal agreement that if we go out partying together somewhere everyone is for themselves so we we like don't be don't be dependent that you have to come back with me because maybe I would end up going somewhere else and I don't want to have any ties to anybody so I can be free. And in a way, there is a certain relationship between like dependency and freedom to some degree, you know, like uh, if many, like now I have kids I'm, who depends on me and I depend on them to some extent. So I'm less free. So, so that's something that I really felt growing up with. And And there are also like certain positive virtue for it and I wonder like like what what I'm trying to ask is like why do you think that it's coming now or I mean I'm sure it's not something new but it's definitely new in my universe to see the the like how common it becomes for men to do to go into such processes like if I'm thinking about my father generation there were not so many men's circles men's group people In his generation and now yeah. it's becoming something that is not so unheard of why do you think that it's it's happening definitely what is happening with masculinity that there is a certain need to talk okay so first of all I want to say you know we, we live in a feminist world yeah I, I live in a feminist world I, I think we most of our listeners also um, 
And what do you mean by this? A man that uh, a world that have a lot of uh, uh, awareness and uh, know how to talk the the hardship and the struggles of women in the uh, matriarchy and uh, patriarchy yeah is that clear yeah yeah I mean I, I wouldn't agree with everything, with everything you said but it's a good of a definition to, to follow for now okay and I I see the the patriarchy uh, as uh, an issue that uh, hurts everyone I mean women and men are hurt from this patriarchy I don't want to make comparisons but they are both hurts yeah the um, it's hard for women that they can't Uh, be independent and they need I don't know for in, uh, in 20 or uh, it's very delicate subject I don't want to uh, be mistaken in in details but let's talk about the past it was hard to be expected to stay at home and raise the children and not pursue your uh, passions and what you want to do in the world right uh, but it's It's also hard to be expected to bring uh, to, to support your family financially totally to not be in a close intimate relationship with your children to not be involved in your in, in the relationship with your children and even if you want to step back because you don't know how to do it um, and not not to be learned to emotional and uh, emotional communication with yourself or with your loved ones um, and not to be learned how to be vulnerable um, so I think we grew, grew up in a world that really know how to talk the the women's side and uh, really women actually women's circle came out A lot earlier um, at least in my point of view there were uh, a growth in women's circle much before there was a growth in men's circle and something is happening now that uh, men are also being expected but also want to be more uh, present in their families want to be more uh, truthful and communicative about their emotions with their partners and with their children they want to be good fathers um, they want to deal with their emotional pain they want to deal with their own trauma you know uh, my father he never once thought to go to therapy to deal with his post-trauma um, because it wasn't Uh, culturally muskam uh, <laughs> accepted um, and now so much you know therapy is like everyone goes to a therapist um, yes you know I mean one thing that I want to I mean maybe it's a bit of a sideline but you know like 
and maybe the reason I'm asking it is because my main interest nowadays is to be able to find center between oppositions. Yeah. So there is this notion, you know, like the word patriarchy that is very commonly expressed, like that we are living in a patriarchal society. Yeah. And, and if you go into more like, uh, you know, radical feminist discourse, the notion is also that, you know, the society is Western, the world is, is an oppressive world for women and that women have no, that, uh, um, that, yeah, that women are being oppressed by the system and that it's a sexist world. And not to say that sexism doesn't exist, for sure. I mean, it exists all over. And there, and there are many expressions of it. Um, I have the intuition that that there are other reasons why the society had got to this place rather than this kind of a grand narrative of men having the wish to oppress women. For sure, some maybe some men have the the wish to to oppress women, and I'm sure some women have the wish to oppress men. But I but when I think about what you've mentioned, like, and I'm just just even not going so back into the past, but just looking at let's say the history of the short history of the country where we grew up, it feels like that there was a a, a necessity for that, a utility in that, versus then like a a decision to do it in order to oppress someone. Like if I think about, you know, we, I mean, you said we, we, we were brought up to go to war and it's true that, I, I don't know, I mean, I was uh, serving as a, as a combat soldier and it seems like that from what you said that you also, yes. but, but the scale was very different than our parents who actually had to fight in a kinetic war against my, in my case of my father, he was in Sinai fighting against Egyptian soldiers. Yes. And, and, and then when I think about such a life circumstances, so then there's a certain positive utility with the ability to suppress things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because you need to operate, you need to function. Yeah, survival uh, mode. Exactly. And, and then it makes it easier for men to co-op with the responsibility that society has alleged to them by being able to suppress emotions because it's very difficult I guess to um, yeah when I you know I had a conversation with my father and he told me like crazy stuff about the war in, in Suez and crazy crazy and and when when he tells me the stories he's telling it really like you know like like he's not so emotionally disturbed by it but when I think about my very undramatic stories about the time I've served in the West Bank. You know, I came out traumatized and I needed to process my whole army experience. So, so in a way, I feel like that the more we are sensitizing ourselves, like the more we can perceive the, the, the harm that is happening, even that the harm maybe on a certain objective level is less harm, there's less harm. Or I don't know, what do you think? I, I feel very lucky. Um, you know, I, I look at uh, my parents and I look at uh, my grandparents and I can see very clearly how much lucky I am. Uh, you know, my, my parents grew up in, sur in survival mode. My grandparents, you know, on my mother's side, uh, Auschwitz and stuff, or uh, my father's side, 
came to, you know, a new country from Kurdistan, um, you, you know, didn't speak the language, um, built, they built a country, you know, and I live so, uh, I have any, everything I want. I, I never been one day hungry in my life. I, I don't need to deal with survival. Um, so I have this luxury to go to therapy and start break this uh, trauma chain that my ancestry brought to me. And I, I, I'm not saying this in accusation to them. I am very much lucky to be the one in my dynasty that have the opportunity to do that work, to start uh, working with the trauma, start working, start, start to do the healing work. Um, so I will not bring it, or at least I won't bring all of it to my children. Um, and I think, I think all of that is, is a big part of this change we see um, in this uh, masculinity. And, and to what end do you think like uh, like why why do you think it's important to like I will ask it kind of maybe it's naively because when I think why to deal with trauma why to heal trauma it's almost like obvious no yeah why, why not it sounds good but but if I think about you know the ability to yeah the there is a certain there is a certain utility to the to resiliency no and U- utility utility like shimushiut okay yeah definitely and and to some extent what i'm trying to ask is like yeah there's a lot of things in let's say in the in this kind of division between the masculine and the feminine that we can definitely say look these are the untouched territories of masculinity or unvisited territories like vulnerability like dependency like uh um you know, uh, emotional sharing, et cetera, et cetera. And then we kind of, in, when we ask like, why don't we visit those territories? It's yeah, because we are so busy with resiliency, independent. Then those qualities kind of uh, are put in a negative light. But what I'm asking is like, wh- what is the ability, like there are utility for those qualities. So yeah. can you so- go through a therapeutic process and, and not lose them like being still be able to be strong resilient yeah and yeah for sure i mean the the problem is not the resilient the problem is the this the the enslavement to resilient i want i want to be free i want to be free to be vulnerable or resilient according to my choosing and how how secure i feel I want to be free to put a strong borders and when someone trying to enter my space telling me no, this is my space, you out. And also I want to have the, the freedom when someone enters my space to tell him, yes, please come in. I want you in with me. And trauma uh, 
mostly make us enslaved to resilient. And that is, I think, the biggest part of what leaves us alone. And when you mean ens- enslaved, you mean that you just don't have a choice and you have to default to it or, or that you yeah, that, only feel comfortable in it? That you have defense mechanisms that you, that you don't choose. Defense, me- defense mechanisms that you learn that, that, that you, you developed in times that you didn't have the awareness or choice of in how to deal with a very hard situation. Um, and they become automatic. So when someone new or uh, comes to your life and wants to come closer, um, the defense mechanisms are working whether you like it or not. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, when you, when you speak about pattern and this, like for me, it's very easy to relate it to, let's say my practice as a, as a dancer and yeah. And I think like, yeah, there is a certain quest, let's say in the world of contemporary dance to always you know, be aware of your pattern and always have the ability to come out of your pattern. Yeah. We, we have innate uh, uh, attributes, yeah, that they are mostly coming from our automatic patterns. We don't want to lose them. I don't want to lose them. But I want to be able to learn new pathways. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, I have a, I mean, because I went through, let's say, quite radical shifts in my own personal life. You know, I started growing up in Israel, like most people. And I think that I, I had a very, I had a certain sensitive quality that I really kept quite internal and I didn't expose it so much. And I was surrounded with the typical Israeli macho boyhood, you know, trying to impress the ladies and, and, you know, being uh, successful in the in the Basketball. mating competition and 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 after the army I, when i discovered dance you know i went into a radical 180 degree with like kind of becoming sensitive to my body learning how to express myself uh, also in vienna like i would say like diving a lot into feminist discourse and understanding also like on a theoretical level what it, what is the other side thinks let's say if I put it in those terms. And now when I'm when I'm 38 and I have my own kids, I find myself kind of coming back into a more central place and asking myself this the question of like, yeah, but but what about what about the the good things about those qualities? Like, like is it possible really to learn how to place clear boundaries and how to say no? without developing at all some hardness? Like I'm asking it, you know, I don't know. Hardness is not a problem. As I said, resilient is not a problem. I don't think so. I sometimes, I want to be hard sometimes. Um, but I also want sometimes to be incredibly soft. The, the world is not only tender, you know? Um, Sometimes I need to be harsh and to be assertive. Uh, there are hard things out there. I don't, uh, you know, I'm not naive. I'm not so naive. <laughs> uh, 
but you know if someone is trying to hurt you and there are people that will try to hurt you sometimes I want to have the ability to to defend myself and to defend the people I love I want to be able to be angry and to 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 act out this anger um, but do you see an alternative path that you can act in such a way that doesn't cause any trauma because yeah maybe it's different when you're an adult and and you say when when you're when you when you're younger and you don't know anything else so I can imagine myself you know now being angry on something that bothers me in the world and doing it in a way that is constructive but I really wonder if like if it's not kind of inevitable that part of life is to experience trauma and maybe I'm asking it because I wonder if the if it's not you know we started the conversation but saying that life is is a is a learning is learning mm-hmm. and and I don't I don't know if and, and and now I feel like that there is a lot of like voices that that something needs to change in how men are in the world something is changing and something is changing as well and and what I'm asking myself is like what are what are the let's say inevitable traumas that we just have to go through as human being as part of our learning experience and what are the things that are fundamentally adjustable that need to be changed because when I think about my kids you know I'm a I'm a maybe a very a more sensitive or a refined version of my parents but there's definitely I see that you know like they are not free from trauma so like to what end are we are we doing the process I'm not sure I'm following you what what what, what are you asking uh, yeah what am I asking can, can like, we avoid trauma Let's start with this. I don't, yeah, like, I don't think that we can avoid trauma. I, I think, first of all, trauma is a spectrum. Uh, it's, it's not a yes and no, black and white. Uh, and the, I, I, I can say, uh, for myself, I am, I'm willing to experience hardships, um, but it will be very much important to me to be there afterwards and And process them and to be loved and to be understandable uh, so I think if I, I mean I'm, I'm I'm I don't think it's possible to be perfect perfect parent or a perfect uh, partner um, we, we hurt each other in life and um, that, that's that's part of the meaning of relationships we hurt each other and we learned from it but uh, As long that we have the possibility to talk about it and really understand each other later so we we can we can learn from it yeah yeah no i i I follow what you're saying maybe I think that maybe I think I'm facing right now in my life a certain new thing that you know as a young person I feel that I'm always I want to react to the world by changing it. Mm-hmm. and now for in the last maybe year and a half two years I suddenly find myself on the conservative side where I'm saying like hey 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 wait <laughs> don't touch this <laughs> this is important and and yeah and, and and one thing that I'm asking myself 
uh, specifically about the topic of manhood is like um can we really um do the process of sensitizing ourselves without losing the the hero archetype we don't want to lose it that's my that's what my intuition tells me you know like that's being that's being a hero and i don't mean being a hero let's say in a kind of, kind of like hollywoodic you know mm. uh individualistic way of the man the rambo who saves the the world but i mean hero in the sense of you know having courage to face adversity having the courage to face challenges um that you know that you might even have to go through traumatic experience and you do have the courage to enter there and and i think that to some degree when i you know like I will give you the simplest example. I've been dancing for many years, and now I feel like my body in in such a way that that when I go to jiu jitsu practice, which is a much harder practice, I really sense what I'm doing to my body, you know mm-hmm. and to some degree, when you have less awareness to your body, you don't even notice the amount of stress you're putting on your body. It's just like you're not that sensitive. you don't feel it. So you don't feel it and and it's like it's. Much easier. It's not that that of a of a challenge. Ignorance is a breath. To some extent, uh, you can say it like that, and 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 maybe it's not ignorance. It's just like the scale of sensitivity. You know, like so. I'm I'm relatively in a in a more refined experience than the average guy who goes to a jujitsu gym. But with this refinement, of course, there's some advantage to it, but there's also um, yeah, it's harder for me to reach the extreme hard version that sometimes I required for that practice. And in, 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 and, I, and I really see the equivalent to it in life. You know, I really feel like that I don't know if I will ever have the capacity to be able to defend my country in a war, you know like because I got. In such a sensitive place, I cannot imagine myself, you know, and I asked myself several times, because in Israel, you know, I, I took the choice of uh, avoiding being in the reserve army. Me too. So I went, uh, I, yeah, I went to a process, I went to a psychologist, and I went out. I'm not part of the reserve army. And, but, in, but on a metaphorical space, I do want to have the ability to defend my family in, in if, if I need to do it. But I'm in a, such a sensitive place that I don't know if it's something that I'm, I'm, I, I'm still capable of. And that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Is it really a process where we can grow in both directions or when you become more sensitive, you're, you're automatically reducing your capacity to be very harsh? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a very complex question. Uh, I mean, do, do you feel in jiu-jitsu that you hurt yourself? That, is that what you mean? Uh, I mean, yes, for sometimes. Mm-hmm. But maybe what, you know, maybe I'll give you an example, you know, like that you can understand my, my, maybe on a, my point. Like, so I really enjoy going to jiu-jitsu in the studio. And there I can sometimes really go for the max effort and really challenge myself. And then I went two times to competitions just to experience it. And in competition, there is no game anymore. It's really like, 
the essence of the competitive energy yeah fight in a, in a it's a fight in mm-hmm. a environment which is hyper masculine yeah and there i shrinked yeah you know i wasn't shining anymore and i remember that my coach because i was a i'm a dancer i was relatively talented in learning the movement so he was like saying to me yeah we have matan the secret weapon of our team he's a very he's a very good white belt and then i lost in the first match that i that i tried very quickly you got scared and and i didn't yeah i i, I was I, i was very stressed and yeah. and then i went ag- again to a competition to kind of uh, have a different experience fi- trying to find my ba- my calmness in it uh, but i did see that like that i definitely didn't develop that quality of really being able to stand in the mid- midst of the harshest storm with this very harsh competitive aggression and there be calm and playful that's something that i don't have the ability and i attribute it to some degree to my life choice of going into the realm of sensitivity yeah i can i can appreciate that i you know i think i believe that uh, if you will have to your system will know how to make you less sen- sensitive um you will get into fight or flight uh, experience you will fi- you will fight or flight you know with the or freeze or, or yeah or freeze i guess but uh um you know i i i know what my father did in uh, in the wars he fought i don't know if i will if i will was if i will be able to sit here now with you if he didn't do it or he and his friends would uh, protect this country um i don't know um but now in the reality that i live in i genuinely don't believe that i need to kill anyone in order to uh to to protect my country and that that is part of my uh being being lucky um and maybe naive also mm. but uh yeah yeah that's yeah that's It, you know that's a that's a big question in the end i want to deal with the reality i live in you know i live in a secure home that the door is locked when i wanted to when i go down to the street i meet mostly people smiling to me um again i'm privileged yeah but th- this is the reality i live in and this is the reality i want to be uh, the best myself i can uh, I, i i can imagine uh, adversities uh, that other people need to deal with and train myself to them but that doesn't feel you know it's it's the same thing we talked about uh, in the beginning i i learn from the stuff that meets me in my life um if i will need to learn to fight i i know i can do it um mm. but but now I, i need to learn how to communicate with people i love that is the stuff that challenge me in my life that is the adversities i meet uh yeah yeah because you know i feel like that to su- to some extent what what i feel like that in in a way like 
now we are living in the last, at least in the Western world, we are living in the, in the, in the least violent period of human history ever. For sure. By far. And by far. And yeah, I, I'm thinking about like, you know, the things we take for granted, just that you can kind of walk with some, you know, like kind of w- having some goods, like, pro- like stuff on you and, you know, that nobody just, just stop you and, and brutally take everything you have. And like many other things that like are not obvious in, 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 in this kind of peaceful environment. And, and to some degree, I think that, yeah, the fact that every society in, the, in like the history of mankind, I mean, I, I, I would say that maybe it's not every, but the majority of societies chose to sacrifice men into war, which you can maybe argue that it's because of, you know, like biological reason, men have stronger bodies, whatever, but that, that, that it's kind of, I mean, that doesn't matter. Of effect, doesn't matter. Effect of life, yeah. And so, so, so like this is kind of the, that's kind of a, a very important uh, sacrifice that, that men have, have been doing. And, 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 and in a way, the fact, you know, like in Israel, the fact that, the, that, w- that we can have women serving as a combative soldier is maybe a lot related to techno- technological advancement because you don't need to be just with, you know, strong upper body muscle to wave a big, a big X or whatever. But like, I feel like that if we are completely, uh, um, it's giving these qualities in a world where not everybody is doing it, it's it's a it's an interesting situation and i'm and i'm asking myself is the idea of really abandoning this harsh version of masculinity if it's not a a certain desire for a utopia that doesn't really happen simultaneously because i w- i would be the first one to to vote for like all the men in the world we go together to therapy and we learn how to deal with aggression differently but in a world where not everybody is interested in that then I'm, I'm asking myself like, hey, what, what happened when I'm sensitizing myself so much while the other per- person keeps doing push-ups, <laughs> you know? And, and I also see it in the gym, you know, like practically, you know, I don't go and lift weight. I don't work on being stronger. And, and, and there are guys who are like just trying to be the strongest in the gym. So, so you, actually, you actually ask, um, you, you, you know, you, you imagine stuff. Really, you talk about imaginary stuff, you know? We, we, our, the challenges I meet and the people I love meet are challenges of communication and relationships. That's, that's the world I live in, you know? And now we can ask ourselves, okay, but if I will gain the, what I need in order to face these challenges and then someone will come and try to kill me, will I be weaker? You know, it's, it's like theoretical uh, yeah yeah for sure for sure you know uh, for sure it's theoretical but I feel like that maybe what I'm pointing is that in this process of let's say hardening yourself there are certain qualities that are also valuable to my day-to-day life which I wonder how could I achieve them those qualities? without going through this process. And that's something that, you know, I constantly struggle with my, with my son. Like, you know, you know, I want him to be able to 
put his emotion aside when we have to do something difficult. And and not in a, not in a way that like to suppress them, but to say like, okay, now I feel this and that. Mm. And yeah, I breathe into that. And I I have trust that I can go through that challenge. But uh, I'm not just going into a space where I'm busy with sensing what is going on. I can also operate. And, and where I am now is in a little bit of a binary place where I see it a little bit kind of as a dichotomy of either or. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what I'm asking. Do you, like, from the work you've done, you feel like that, can you unlock this dichotomy? Um, I, again, I'm not, uh, I'm not a parent myself. Uh, and I know it's, it sounds very challenging, but I know when, when you tell this situation, what my interest is, why you want him to uh, anything and what does this uh, triggers in you? Like, what is the emotional uh, challenge or uh, stuff you meet in this situation? Yeah, I guess that to, you know, to some extent, like the simplest answer is like that there is a certain, uh, I mean, you know, you, you, we talked about that, uh, that in our world, we don't need to deal so much with survival. But to some extent, having a pair, having a, having kids is creating some kind of an extension to this phenomena because now you have some offspring that you need to make sure that they will survive, you know, and you see them also struggling. So you, okay, you get a bit of a sense of that. So then it's like I'm asking myself, what what is the toolkit that I'm mm-hmm. that I, what are, what are the tools that are in my, the bags of my kids that yeah. they can use? So in other words, you get you get scared. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I'm scared or, yeah, I have concerns, as you said, like yeah. kind, kind of maybe because I'm not naive and I know the world can be harsh yeah. because I've experienced it, I want them to have the tools to confront the harshness in a way that will be the best for them. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I would say deal, deal first with your concern. Um, and try try to see where 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 you can give that space. Um, I mean, I I know I I have experienced diversity and harshness in my childhood, and uh, I'm sure it gave me a lot. Um, it gave me a lot of ability to deal with diversity, but it also gave me a lot of pain. Pain that I so, sorry you you meant you meant adversity yeah what did I say okay Diver- diversity <laughs> yeah, ad- and I was like you mean like, okay yeah, yeah, adversity thank you yeah um but it also gave me a lot of pain um I mean I'm I'm sure you can trust the world that it will show your son harshness um you can you can give him harshness and you know first and uh, he he will learn. How to deal with it if you give him harshness he will learn how to deal with it um, and then we li- when he came come out to the world um I don't know will will he deal with it better maybe M- maybe the way 
to deal with harshness is the knowledge that I have a, love, a loving, supportive father that will be there for me uh, when, when I need to process it. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you know, for me, it's always easier, again, like to, to have these analogies to the physical body and, you know, like, I mean, one practice that is really much about that, I would say, is Aikido, you know, the ability to have something very aggressive coming into your space and you, with the least amount of resistance, just direct it somewhere else. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I mean, and, and in a way, like, that's something I would, I, I would say that maybe it's kind of, uh, could be also practiced on a, ment- on a mental level. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm really. It's something you know. I've been I've been thinking a lot about it because of the because of this maybe kind of radical change that happened to me from living in Israel, as you said, like in an environment where where we are con- we where we are still confronted with those with those needs from men to be that harsh and like ending up in Europe in a very very extremely different environment in a dance school. Mm-hmm. And and now we're like asking my, and asking those yeah what is the middle point in all of that what is the what is the what is the middle ground that we can that we can reach you know I I I'm a believer you know I believe that uh, life is essentially good um, and I believe that from uh, love. And caring, we we get strengths, uh, and not the other way around. I believe that the strengths we get from harshness and from violence is very fragile. And the the true the true power comes from being connected, being connected to the to the ground, to the to the nature, and being connected to the people, to my community, and be connected to myself, to my body, to my strengths, to my heart, to my feelings. My feelings are not, being connected to your feelings is not vulnerability only. Um, Vulnerability is not weakness. Um, true, True connected anger is very powerful. True connected sadness is very powerful. True connected happiness is very powerful. Um, violence and hatred are a forms of uh, a weak, weakness and pain. And they are much more fragile in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can resonate it with my with my own life on a personal level that when I'm when I'm when I'm violent I'm not in a good place and you're not in your center I'm not in my center but I but I would say like I mean I'm saying but not because there is but to that that's kind of obvious but I think that it what underlines it is that we, that I'm living in an environment that is kind of abundant and not in an environment that I don't confront scarce, scarcity. So there's not, 
lack of resources. Nothing pushes me to become, nothing is pushing me to become violent. So when I become violent, it's mainly because of my disability to contain a challenge which is not really life and death challenge, you know, like, yeah. like it's really like lack of emotional capacity to to handle the challenge. So maybe that's the answer for my question, like why we need the men work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, like, in, you, in like you said about the jujitsu competition, you know, when, when something really was a bit too much for you, you got, It, it stopped you. You, you, you. you didn't have the ability to remain relaxed and present and playful. And maybe if you could remain, you know, in your, in your center, remain connected to your roots, remain playful, maybe you could win this uh, competitive masculine uh, environment. Um, I mean, for, it's, 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 it's true strength. Uh, Yeah, and it, you know that's be. something that uh, that's something that I definitely see in the in in some competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, that the good competitors are are people who really maintain a sense of playfulness. Yeah, and and a sense of true aspiration for overcoming themselves. You know, like and and not to. just dominate the others like those like and and several athletes comes in mind when i think about this kind of yeah like i want to be the best version that i can yeah and my opponent is just giving me an opportunity to discover this inside of me yeah he's helping me helping me learn yeah yeah and and yeah and, and in a way and in a way i think that yeah the domain of comp- of competition Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't think that it's just, it's just reserved for men. I think that everybody competes to some extent in their life in different situations. Life, life has, like competition is part of life. Uh, I think that maybe just, as you said, that men, we tend to, um, to start there, like, okay, if you put a, a group of men in a room on average, maybe they will first have the default of, Of seeing the space as competitive before they kind of soften up and say ah okay it can be also supportive but maybe it's also a personality type thing because I know also guys who are extremely cooperative and not competitive that they will not see a space like that yeah mo- mostly those guys will be very much sure in themselves very much hmm. comfortable uh, and knowing their strengths hmm Interesting. Yeah. David, um, it's really a pleasure yeah. <laughs> to speak to you. And yeah, I think this conversation also, in a way, enabled me, maybe your present enabled me to be more vulnerable and also to, to experience vulnerability about different topics, especially when I, when I speak about my children, about how I grew up. And, and I want to thank you for that. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, for me too. Thank you. And I want to give you some space maybe just to share for those who might be in Israel and are interested in, in hearing more about the things you're doing and yeah, with and pleasure. have a chance to interact with you on different, in different situations.
Um, so the stuff I do is uh, I um, I do men groups and uh, also now I'm opening a, a group for men and women uh, that is also annual. Actually, m- all of my groups are closed <laughs> uh, annually, so you don't really have the chance to uh, join unless you come for a year to Israel, but then it's also in Hebrew, so problem. Uh, I, I do also um, private sessions uh, of uh, Thai massage and body psychotherapy. And also I have uh, a podcast, which is also in Hebrew. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's it. That's what I do. You know, I bring a lot of uh, Israeli guests, so eventually my audience will understand that learning Hebrew will have some utility in their lives. Definitely. <laughs> So much abundant, abundant of teachers here in uh, Israel. <laughs> totally. David, thank you again for coming here. Thank and, you. It was a pleasure for me. And yeah, I really hope to have a chance to converse with you again in the future. Me too. Thank you very much. Good night. Good night. If you want to see more precious and insightful moments, make sure to check our short clips playlist. To see longer interviews, check out the full episode playlist just below it. And to be notified for all future videos, click the subscribe button and don't forget to hit the notification bell. See you on the next episode.